Hey guys, this is your host, Ryan Sebastian. If you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. Uh, Thank you for making this podcast a part of your day today. Um, If you've been listening for the podcast for a while, and again, you have not given us a rating and review, I would highly encourage doing that. Again, that uh, does help this podcast to be more available for those who are searching for youth ministry content. Uh, this week, I am, I'm always excited every week uh, with the interviews we have and the people I get to talk to, but I'm really excited about uh, this week's uh, topic because it's something that I have struggled with over the years uh, with uh, here in my area where I'm located, and that's actually finding a network of youth pastors and networking together encouraging each other, working together. And that's always been a struggle for me uh, in my ministry over the years. Before we dive into that, I'm going to take a pause and listen to our sponsors. Youth and Culture is brought to you by Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes is an online accountability and content blocking software for your mobile device or your computer designed to protect the entire family. Today, with 90% of boys and 70% of girls being exposed to pornography online and 56% of divorce cases listing porn use as a factor, it's more important than ever to protect your home. Click the link at the bottom of the show notes, sign up for Covenize, and start protecting your home today. Okay, I'm going to ask a couple questions and see if this uh, describes you. Um, Have you ever struggled with being discouraged? Uh, Either being discouraged with ministry, uh, dealing with difficult students, maybe even dealing with difficult parents, or possibly even a difficult staff member? Have you ever dealt and struggled with discouragement? Or have you wished you had someone to talk with about ministry? You wish you were finding someone who could mentor you, someone who could give you advice, uh, who's been in your niche, your concentration of ministry, and just, just looking for someone to talk to? Or have you ever wished you had good friends and ministry. Good friends and ministry, someone you can just hang out with, enjoy their time, and at the same time, pick their brains about youth ministry and how to be better at what you're doing. Uh, these are all things that I wish I had, things I dealt with uh, in a ministry because I was not networked with other youth pastors. 
See, networking with other youth pastors, youth leaders is so important because it helps us, can help us during times of discouragement. It can help us to, to get advice. It can help us to improve our ministries and the vita- uh, vitality, the, the condition, the health of our ministry can actually improve because our own health and own spiritual health and leadership is proven as well because we're around other like-minded people to lift us up and encourage us. So networking to me is extremely important in any form of ministry, uh, but I think it's just, in, I mean, to me, it's even more important in youth ministry because what I see and what I hear is that youth ministry is lonely, being a pastor in general in any field of ministry is lonely. So, so this idea, this concept of networking with the other youth pastors and other youth leaders is extremely important. So I was very thankful to have uh, had the opportunity to talk to Zach Workin. Uh, Zach uh, is very knowledgeable in this area of youth networking. And I was very thankful I had the opportunity to get to talk to him about this subject. Again, stay tuned and listen as we talk with Zach Working. Guys, I am really excited today for today's topic and also for today's guest. Um, we're going to be talking to Zach Workin. We're going to be talking specifically about networking. Hey, yeah, man. <laughs> networking and, and youth ministry and youth leaders. Uh, but Zach, before we kind of dive into this, just in case there's anybody out there who does not know who you are, how about you just introduce yourself a little bit and your journey in ministry? Absolutely. Well, hey, everybody, uh, super excited to be on this side of the microphone uh, talking with some folks in youth ministry. So my name is Zach Workin, uh, one of the co-founders of Youth Ministry Booster and also a big part of the Youth Ministry Booster podcast team. And so we love podcasting and we love the ways in which it creates conversations and introduces people in youth ministry that you would maybe not get to meet otherwise, either because they haven't been to all the conferences uh, or they just, you know, you didn't make it to all the breakouts or whatever. Like I love the, uh, the, the continuing conversations that podcast creates, especially outside of conference season. We just kind of got done with the fall iteration of conference season a few weeks ago and so especially in these months that are like end of the year first of the year these kind of slump months of both ministry and activities having some some fresh voices and conversation bits uh, i know that for me like this is the fuel uh for gym time or drive time uh it's 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 podcast over audiobook every time although maybe i, I just got hooked on a couple fantasy series so we'll see <laughs> <laughs> So it's, uh, I, I know that just recently you kind of made a transition in ministry-wise. So how yeah. about we kind of talk about that? Just yeah. So for the last 15 years, had served in uh, almost every single level of youth ministry, uh, volunteering, college intern, 
uh, youth minister for free, youth ministry for pay, <laughs> a youth minister while in seminary, youth ministry while away. Uh, and so for the last 15 years, had served in a couple different states in youth ministry in all various shapes, sizes, and forms. Uh, but over the last four, four and a half years doing youth ministry booster, uh, that is the podcast, now the coaching network, uh, has grown in such a way and it's just connections and friendships we had with the folks over at Lifeway and Lifeway students uh, had acquired what we were doing to make it part of their team. So I now get to be in a role that is pastoring youth pastors as Lifeway student ministry specialist as we kind of continue the conversation and coaching network youth ministry booster, uh, both nationwide and wherever it shows up in podcasting conferences and all those fun things. And so it's uh, still serving in youth ministry, still very much about youth culture and youth ministry and what it means. Uh, but now most of my conversations are peppered uh, with talking to other youth ministry leaders about their youth ministries instead of just talking about uh, youth ministry in my own local church. Although we still go there and serve and do, uh, but now serving as part of LifeWay's team to encourage, equip, coach, and care for youth pastors all over the country. Yeah, man, that's that is awesome. I got to say that, of course, we are on the podcast. I started a podcast specifically for the same reasons of, of being a resource and to help equip and train other uh, youth ministries and youth leaders in their area. So I'm all for that, all pumped. Um, glad that you're doing what you're doing because I am a big fan of Youth Ministry Booster, and we'll Thanks, talk man. about that a little bit more probably in just a second. Uh, but, of course, we're talking about the topic uh, of networking, uh, of networking with other youth leaders. Yeah. And may, may, and I, I, I really do believe that the average person who's listening to this understands the importance uh, of networking. Well, I, I hope they do, right? I, I don't know, man. That's one of the things, the more that I do this, the more I think it's like an implicit understanding, but it's not made like, like every people that we talk to about this that are outside of youth ministry want that for their pastoral staff. And I think so many youth ministers are like, yeah, I know that's important, but when it's like played out or lived out, I don't know if it always shows up on the priority list uh, just because for so many folks, they think they'll get around to it. Uh, man, powerful the stories though of the youth ministry leaders that have been deeply rooted in a local network or an online mastermind or a connection point uh, because like, you just hear it in their voice differently because they have the kind of sounding board. They have the kind of support structure because youth ministry is hard, important and lonely work. And the only way to resolve all three of those is having connection. And so I think for a lot of us, we try to cultivate good volunteers. We try to be relational to our students, but man, like we, we just always relegate our own, emotional relational leader health uh to the back burner this is why i think some of youth ministers like you know we we eat fast food and then we like do great things for our youth ministry kids like it's like we eat last right like like we've got to find a way to, like feed and care for ourselves and, oh, yeah. and in many ways that means having really strong intentional consistent network kind of meetings yeah no I, I agree but just in case there is somebody out there um who again doesn't see the importance of it or uh, maybe new to this whole concept and idea of networking other other youth leaders. Why is it important to build a network with other youth leaders? Why is that important? It's well, we all hate numbers, uh, but it's statistically true uh, that youth ministers in a support network last four times longer in the work that they're doing. Uh, like, the, I mean, I, I think I think the the symptoms of, of youth ministries' difficulty are known pretty quickly. It's 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 highly relational. Uh, which means when it's good, it's great. And when it's bad, it feels awful because it's just emotional energy that bears down on us. 
Uh, for most youth ministry folks, uh, we're serving on a staff uh, where maybe we're the only youth ministry person, or we might be the only other staff person outside of the senior pastor. So there's a lot of kind of complication that way um, that we don't always have built in support. I mean, I, I've served in a variety of churches through most of my time in 15 years where I was the only staff person either under 40 or under 30. Uh, there was one church that I served at that I was the only staff person that didn't have grandkids, let alone my own kids. And so there's just a stage of life and a sympathy to the struggles of what it means to do youth ministry that are only known inside of, for the nerds listening, the guild, right? Like if you're in youth ministry, if you're on the team, if you play the game, if you understand, like nobody else gets it like, like we do for each other, which is why like going to conferences and being part of network meetings is such a, a validating and encouraging thing is because nobody else seems to get it. Like it's a weird job, right? Like if you play out what youth ministry is, and don't give like all the context. It just seems weird that you're hanging out with like teenagers outside of school for spiritual reasons, right? Like it's one of those, like it's, it, it can be really like, like discombobulating and it can feel like muddy and unclarified because we're like working with teenagers that are like, don't have themselves figured out. So if we don't have ourselves figured out, we can lose our own footing. And so there's just a lot of reasons to be grounded in the thing that you're doing both inside your home, inside your church, but also the support of peers because the work of youth ministry is too important and sometimes it's too isolating and lonely to not have the right kind of encouragement and support. No, no, I agree. I would say because um, the average, the average church uh, is, if I remember correctly, the last thing I read was roughly about uh, 60 members in the congregation. So in, in reality, you have either youth pastors who are just the only one on staff uh, at doing youth ministry or bivocational. Yes. And the average church is either or. Even even in my context, in my community, I live in a rural area. Um, it's small population, smaller population, smaller city. And we only have uh, probably, I would say, maybe five or six churches out of seven, almost 700 mm. in our county that are full-time uh, youth ministers and youth pastors. Uh, the average, the average uh, youth leader in my county is bivocational. Mm. Um, so, and so I, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree that it it's, can be very, very lonely. And, uh, and this is one of the things I, I hear, hear a lot uh, from ministry friends, uh, people that I've had on the podcast in the past, is that one thing that when it comes to youth ministry that sometimes runs into is uh, a lack of networking within staff. Yeah. Uh, community I, yeah, within staff. Yes. But so let's start at home first. Like you don't even spend time with your own staff. So not only do you need to have the support team, but your first team of like, man, if you don't have a regular connection with your senior leadership and your, even if the associate staff means the secretary and senior leadership means the senior pastor, there's gotta be like a habit and a connection of like, we're doing this work together. And it's, it's, it's important to like, build that out in the ways in which that we're not just having meetings that are calendar, but we're having like connection about like the great important work that we're doing. No, a hundred percent. It starts there for so many of us. Like we, we, we are in desperate need of better relations with our senior pastors and we need to be the ones who are courageous to take some of those first steps. No, no, I agree. I mean, we could, to be honest, we can, we can spend the whole entire episode specifically talking about that senior one pastor thing. relation. Oh, that's yes. it, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, yeah, that yeah. One thing. But I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Cause again, I can, again, I can talk for that for hours. Um, 
but the the networking aspect uh, how how does a youth leader in a like in a rural area kind of like me or even yeah. in an area to where there's maybe not be a church for like 20 miles uh how do they network with other youth leaders in that kind of context mm. well this this is the part man where i i, I want to speak as truthfully as i can and tell you that there's maybe some denominational outfits or maybe there's some conference gatherings uh, i know that like the united methodist denomination does some really good job of like when they have some big youth retreats, there's like some elements that are for the youth ministers as well. Uh, I know that like some statewide kind of Baptist or other denominational meetups happen for things. But but to that question, I, I would answer back. That's that's really what we've tried to cultivate Youth Ministry Booster into is accessibility and convenience for those that feel like they're too far removed from having a consistent support system. Uh, for, for us, we do everything live video and online. So in the same way that Ryan, you and I are recording this call, today talking about youth ministry, we put other youth pastors in the digital, the virtual room around the table to be connected and supporting and intentional about the ways that they care for each other. Um, because man, like the technology is, it's weird because it's new and it's different in some ways. And in other ways, it just enables like the barriers to be removed. That like wherever you're living, if you've got the phone, if you've got the computer, if you've got Wi-Fi and you've got an hour and a half once a month and a few minutes on a lunchtime call every week, there is a ready community for you. And I think that's one of the things that for a lot of folks, they jump into Facebook groups and they like pop off and they have comments and they have questions, but there isn't community. Like that's, that's one of the things that like the more and more we get involved into this is that there is a lot of places to put your comments. There's a lot of commentary. There's not always a lot of community and collaboration in youth ministry. Like it's, it's a great resource to be able to pop off and figure out where I can get cheap stickers, who does logos, who does uh, cool stage design, where can I buy this or access that. But the real conversations of how hard ministry is doesn't fit in a Facebook comment. We've seen it play out politically. It's not a good look. <laughs> it's hard to have honest conversations about how difficult it is to care for students uh, who who don't seem to care for you or how difficult it is to always be encouraging to parents that maybe you're going through something that feels like church becomes the dismissive instead of the like included into the struggle or man, let's be real. There are some senior leaders that like don't always know how to lead well and we don't always know how to support them in their leadership. That takes a community. There's no comment box that you could fill up even if you wrote a blog post worth you wrote a chapter worth of what was going on that replaces the ways in which we can look at each other encourage each other and pray for each other through the very real and relational struggles of ministry that are so so important to face together i'm i'm glad you touched on uh social media uh, the reason why i'm glad you touched on it because again some people are going to agree uh disagree with me who listen to this but I don't think social media is the platform for community. Um, just like you said, I agree with you wholeheartedly uh, because I think it's great for information. Like you said, it's great for finding ideas, great for finding games, maybe some curriculum ideas. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, things like hey, that. Hey, man, but I check the Amazon reviews before I buy stuff too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so I think it's good for that. I'm, I'm, I'm attached to a lot of youth ministry um, uh, social media groups, Facebook groups. So I'm tied to that all, all as well. Uh, but when it comes to deep community of struggles you're dealing with, that just not is a great platform. 
uh, for that. That's the reason why I think uh, some, when, when, uh, when you and Chad and uh, your crew started uh, Youth Ministry Booster, it was very innovative uh, for the fact of face-to-face conversations, um, providing a platform for youth leaders who don't have that networking uh, and community in their area yeah. uh, to find that type of community. And that type of um, just just another level of even discipleship in ministry, uh, because again, you even if you don't live in a rural area, you have other pastors that you should focus on networking in your community first. Uh, and the reason why I encourage doing that is because you need to find, partner along other ministries. Because mm. the fact the fact is is that we're all every church in your community, uh, for the most part, unless they're a non gospel preaching church. Is their goal? Well, then you partner to pray for them, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but other than that, you're you're you need to be finding ways to partner, work along alongside other ministries because your goal is to reach kids. Yeah. And if if that if you're if you're so worried, and again, I think part of the problem is is that some of us, not some of us, are worried about numbers, mm. in, in a sense of afraid of losing kids to another another ministry or whatever. And I, I do feel like that's a real concern for some people. But in reality, that numbers is not necessarily what's important. What's important is reaching kids. Yeah, yeah. Reaching kids with the gospel. How many kids show up in your ministry? It shouldn't be the focal point. The focal point should be reaching kids. And um, so anyway, so I, I agree that you start locally first. But if you don't have that locally, Use use things like you know, youth ministry booster, which I have recommended on this podcast Thanks, uh, several times, as as a way of getting connected with other youth leaders. Um, so I, I, t- I totally agree. I totally agree with that. And so I'm glad you mentioned uh, the social media aspect of this as well. Uh, but what uh, one thing I do want to touch on just briefly. This is going off topic just a little bit, but I'm glad yeah, let's you do it. Let's go. Mentioned it is. Um, as leading up okay. um, is, is learning how to lead up in a con- in your context. Cause to be reality, what you, what you said is true. There is a lot of senior, senior leadership that is their gift is not, is not leader. Being a leader is not well, necessary. Or, or the gift. model they were trained on is no Ex- longer. I mean, listen, man, like I, I went to seminary 10 years ago and it already feels dated, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I, I know that the theology and the church history and some of the spiritual discipline and formation stuff I got was great. But man, like it's, it's a different world. And if you have a senior pastor who's not in a group of people sharpening and honing their craft, then, then they're running on what they formerly knew. And for them, it may be the nine to five dress like you're going to the bank business model, right? Like they, they may not understand the value of a standing meeting. They may not see that you could actually get as much done from a coffee shop as you can from the office, right? Like it's just, there's certain things that like, have dated in different ways. And that's one of the things that, you know, I, I still, people are like, really, you guys are working for Lifeway? But it's a whole different company. Like, like there, there is lots of people like me that are non-residential to Tennessee that are doing great things in curriculum, editing, publishing, uh, training, discipleship, coaching, and community, because we, we live in a digital world, right? I mean, it's like between what Wi-Fi everywhere and the uh, amazing power of the smartphone in our pocket can provide us. There is a connectivity and, and a computing power that just wasn't available not so long ago. And if you haven't been trained on those things, if you haven't been open to those things, 
um, then you as the young leader, share what you're listening to, share what you're reading in a non-threatening, well, I would do it better. You wouldn't do it better. You just heard somebody else before they did. Share, share the innovation with them. Hey guys, I wonder if we flip the script on this meeting and we all brought our questions to it instead of actually following agenda might be a good thing. You know, do it in the right context, but share what you're learning. Like that's, that's powerful. Don't, closet like oh I learned all this for me no share it with the team again goes back to the earlier question develop that first team of your senior leader and your associate staff even if it is a secretary and a senior pastor man like my favorite secretary I've ever worked with like she was an older person like let's just say it she was an older person but she in 2009 was open to the idea of us trying to figure out what it would look like to have a church website for a church of 190 people. So we bought a MacBook and we were iWebbing together. You remember what iWeb, like, like iWeb in the suite of a like garage band or whatever. We were That's building an iWeb. Dude, back before Squarespace, before Clover, before all of it, she at like 54, like she and I at 24 and 54 were like sitting side by side with MacBooks trying to figure out how to do iWeb for our church because we just knew we needed a website. She didn't know how to do it, but she was willing to learn because I sat next to her and we talked about it. And it's just, man, it's just so many of those little things that we've got to figure out a way to sit side by side with folk and not across from them. And that just would totally change the ways in which there's, there's, your senior pastor wants to learn something new. They're just unsure of what to learn next. No, no, I agree. It's uh, sometimes it's, it's even coming in to like, for instance, like, uh, if, uh, like if you're coming to a staff meeting, your staff meeting it, is just business only it's, it's almost a, a place of speaking negativity and frustration and um it's sometimes it may just mean you going in there and you say hey guys uh what are some things we need to be praying for these people where are some where are some some spiritual needs that these people uh need that we can provide and help with that maybe help these this this issue that we're having this it may just be you taking an initiative to to change the conversation needs. exactly yeah. Yeah, and that and that's part that's part of leading that's part of leading up, and but it does. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because that's so important. That's so important, even when networking uh, with your own your own staff, your own uh, home base. It starts with sometimes with you being willing to lead, not sitting back waiting for leadership, but you taking the initiative to lead in that moment. Uh, but one thing I do want to ask. Um, as well as is what 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 are some strategies in building a network? Now, a lot of us, I think, listening know the importance. Yeah, uh, I, I really believe the most people who are listening to this know the importance of networking and know that we need to, but but some may not know how. So, what what are some yeah. strategies in building that network? Uh, I mean, I think for a lot of folks, the the connection through a local network um, struggles. Uh, because they don't always have a clear purpose for why they got together. And I think that's one of the things uh, before doing stuff with Booster and kind of moving everything to more and more online, the most success that we found in meeting with local youth ministers was to be consistent and to be intentional. Uh, and so if you're going to meet once a month, that's awesome. Meet once a month. If you're going to meet every other month, great. Meet every other month. But even when you don't feel like we could or some like, oh man, Tim and Ryan aren't going to be there. So we should just cancel. No, don't cancel. And, you know, find the group of four or five people you could start to meet with and keep meeting consistently. If you're going to meet four times this year, five times this year, um, it, it is added work because you're having to promote and text and do. My friend Brian, you know, his joke was, I'm not in charge of this network. I just send the text every week. 
well, Brian, you became in charge of the network because you kept sending the text every week. And we had new folks. He'd add them to his list and he'd be like, Hey, meetings next week. And then it'd be like, Hey, meetings today. And it was just the reminder text because we get busy, but we want to be there. And over time, the consistency will reveal the value of the network. If each meeting can be met with some intention. And I think this is the hard part for a lot of networks is everybody's got three good meetings in them. The, the introduction, the uh, what are you doing? And then that third meeting, it all hinges on, well, we talked about who I am. We talked about what we're doing, but now, uh-oh, we're getting in some real territory of I don't have anything else like pleasant to say. I've either got challenging things in front of me or difficult days ahead of me. And that's where the flavor of the conversation of, you know, it either comes into a moment of complaining or a moment of comparing. And so if you can find a way to be intentional about parent ministry or communication strategy or things in your community, right? Like if you're all in an area of Northwest Arkansas or Southeast Tennessee or in the Western part of North Carolina, there are shared features of things you can talk about. Man, some of the best and healthiest local networks are talking about what's going on in their community. Hey, did you know that this bill is being passed? Hey, did you know that they're voting on the school board decision to change the time the schools meet? Man, for our guys here in South Tulsa, when one of the big schools decided to start meeting, uh, not at like 820 to like 340 every day, but like, like there's a high school, one of our biggest high schools in the area that now literally goes to school from like nine to like 430 every day. Well, That'll change your 6 p.m. Wednesday night start time when kids aren't even getting home until 540. <laughs> yeah, especially, so, especially involved in sports, which most of our kids are. So that literally, that was a conversation. So a guy who was in downtown Tulsa, and then when we, we were serving on staff here in kind of mid-south Tulsa, we moved Wednesday night programming from being the like production program chapel gathering into home groups that met all across the area where our kids were going home to because they, they they stopped coming from like school to home to church because by the time they got from school to home after sports or extracurricular activities, like church had already started. And if that's a 15 minute drive, man, right. It's not personal. Like I just can't make it. Like I just can't make it on time. And that's where there was a lot of tension for folks that were like, man, you're picking sports over church. It's like, well, no, man, they didn't pick the end time of their school and sports have to happen after school. It just became a really like, like we had to rethink what we were doing because of what was changing in our community. And so we had a really nice support system for that. And always really thankful for Matt for the ways in which we kind of guided that conversation. He saw it earlier and we were able to jump in and do that. And, and our high school ministry was thriving before I left. Uh, because of the move to be in homes instead of trying to like get everybody rounded up and bring them to church. Right. It, it just, it wasn't working. So. Dude, you, you are a prefla of, of information and topics. I can spend all, all stinking <laughs> day talking about. And one of you, ju you just mentioned was, was the, uh, the uh, school sports and home groups. Um, cause there, I do think that, and I don't, I'll say this real quick, but I do think that there, there is a, going to be a shift of midweek programs because midweek programs as a whole is dying. Um, we, we see this, we see the numbers that they're, they're, they're dying as, as a whole or as actually physically coming to church Wednesday night or whatever midweek program. And ha I, I do see a shift moving more that towards home groups 
yeah. as a whole. And if, yeah. if other churches don't make that shift, then they're going to see major changes in their midweek programs. So, I, what, What's so interesting about home groups, and this is one of the things, uh, churches nationally are getting both larger or getting smaller. Like the, the thing that's scooping is that medium-sized church. The church of 200 to 400 people is evaporating, right? Like churches are either becoming less than 200 because we're planning more churches. So more church plants mean smaller churches or people are leaving churches. So churches are getting smaller. Our churches are dying off. Attrition, they're getting smaller. Or churches are consolidating and they're getting larger and larger. Uh, and one of the things that I think that's really interesting to take note of is even at the largest churches, one of the biggest moves beyond weekend worship is to have more and more groups. Now, there still are some large churches that will have big midweek times for students. But even inside of some of those big churches with big midweeks for students is a growing number of small groups, life groups, house groups, D groups, C groups that are meeting throughout the week to adjust and accommodate for the ever-changing schedules of the students in so much as it's the ever-changing schedules of, of the young adults and adults that are in groups as well. No, no I agree. I absolutely agree. I'm seeing, seeing more and more of that, hearing more of that. So I, I absolutely agree. It's hard to get everybody rounded up and at church for an hour and a half a week, right? I mean, they're already doing it on Sunday. It's hard to do it again on a Tuesday or a and, Wednesday. It's, it's and, hard. And, and con- contrary to most people's belief, uh, the midweek program is for a fairly new concept. Uh, in a sense of when you look at church history, okay, it is, it, 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 yes, yeah, yeah. And the, the fact is, is that that teens are getting busier than ever. People are nuts um, more than they ever were before. And I, it's insane how many of my kids just don't have time to have a job. And when I when I was a teen, I had to have a job, no choice. Got to have a job. So I, I, I only sport I ever played was football. Had a job. I was in a garage band, and we did some did some did some stuff around yeah, town. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Uh, but other than that, I had a lot of free time, and it's just not the case anymore for the average student. Uh, so that's the reason I think midweek programs, as a whole, nationally, are going to have to be really, really looked at and really evaluated. Uh, what you're doing to best reach and minister kids. Well, and, that, and this is where I think one of the things, again, if we're going to be youth ministers and kind of leading the edge of what's changing and what's the cultural shift, man, there has got to be a ways in which you engage. Even though your weekly program may have shifted, there are a multitude of ways for you to engage with your students more than ever before. And if you are not cultivating Instagram stories to tell stories, if you're not making fun videos on YouTube or TikTok with your kids and for your kids, you are missing the spaces where they are gathering and they are forming community. Like there, there is, there's a place they're already at. And so I think, I think we're really guilty sometimes when we talked with Brady from pro pro church tools about this a month or so ago is, is that like, we, we don't always take advantage of the spots that students are already congregated, right? Like I think there is a heightened sense for the ways in which we can find parachurch partnerships for students that are already at school. You know, how, how do we, how do we find ways to work with FCA or uh, youth for Christ or young life or wherever if they're already gathering at school to meet in prayer and Bible study before school or before games or uh, in the afternoons. Like there's, there's, there's all of, and again, whole another conversation set, whole another episode of conversations, but there is a lot of places our students are already gathering. I mean, let's be honest. Like, trying to get them to church, like that's not the thing we really care about. We, we care about 
them meeting together and worshiping and praying and studying scripture, whether that happens at, at McDonald's, Taco Bell, or, you know, First Baptist, Methodist, wherever, I mean, we report to people, and that's an important piece of this, is that we are talking about the church trying to serve the ways in which it has built itself. But if we're trying to lead up, let's talk about the places in which we can create those conversation points, pieces where students are already gathered. No, absolutely. Uh, one thing that I, I we kind of we kind of been talking this a lot of advice, a lot of things that we can help uh, youth leaders specifically in era networking, and we even talked a little bit. Um, went on tangent, talked a little bit about uh, specifically midweek programs. But what is if you can nail down one piece of advice, maybe something that you wish you had done in your early on in your ministry, but what is one piece of advice that you would give youth leaders in their ministries? Don't, don't neglect your own glass. Uh, I think for a lot of youth ministers, we said a lot of things a few minutes ago that can be done. And sometimes when you say things that can be done, you feel like you said things that should be done or need to be done. Wherever you're at, youth minister listening to this, if your own cup is empty, then that's the real concern. Like if you have nothing left to give, that's more concerning than how many kids were or were not there on Wednesday night. And I think so many of us are so spun with all the things that we feel like we should be doing or should be getting done, or we're anxious and are thinking about thinking, or we feel busy because we've said yes to too many things. Like whatever it takes to either wake up an hour earlier, to say no to phone calls until 10 a.m., show up to the office early and close the door, find a way to fill your cup or fill your tank. Like, yeah, there's going to be moments in camp seasons of like depletion of like, I feel run down. I feel drained. Um, but the, the weekly Sabbath of saying no to a bunch of stuff and the daily rhythm of saying, hold on or pause to the other stuff, I think is the thing that the soul of youth ministry needs to hear today. I agree. I, I, that- it, that is something that even in my own life, my own ministry, it took me a long time to really grasp. Again, I, and there was a time period in my ministry where I was so much pouring into kids and ministry and not pouring into myself spiritually. And it spilled out into my marriage. It spilled out, spilled out into my ministry uh, to a point to where literally... Um, I had a very rough period of discouragement. And I talked about this a, little, a few episodes ago for, those, uh, for some of our listeners, but I said I don't want to get too much into it. But there was a really deep time of discouragement. And part of that reason why is because I was not cultivating my uh, relationship with Christ. I was so much focused on teens and cultivating, making sure that their lives are cultivating in the relationship with Christ that I wasn't actually feeding myself spiritually. So I, I 100% agree that if you're not taking care of yourself spiritually, it's going to spill over in every aspect of your life, from your marriage, your ministry, everything. So 100% agree. Mm. Good. It's a good word, man. And it's, man, I think we need to share that more honestly. Like I think a lot of folks are, are saying they're okay when they're not okay. And I think it's important, again, in the support structure of other youth ministers you can find to be honest with, man, I'm not okay. And I'm, I'm upset with my family in ways, and I'm angry in ways that I, I don't understand where it's coming from. I feel short with my kids. 
Uh, I feel like I just can't tell my wife things because I, I just don't know how to talk about it. Uh, I, I feel like it's hard to study scripture. I feel like it's hard to find time to pray. Like, I think we need to find more ministerial honesty and clarity in, in what's really going on. And so, Ryan, thanks for sharing, man. That's good. It's a good word. So, uh, Zach, for if somebody wants to get up with you, uh, either yeah. talk more about this topic or networking or talk uh, to get con- try to get connected with Youth Ministry Booster, or any questions around that around that realm? What is the best way to get contact with you? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, youthministrybooster.com. So youthministrybooster.com. Uh, there's uh, all kinds of information about what we've got going on. Uh, we, we are on a season membership cycle. And so if you catch this before January 7th, 2020, um, then you can get signed up for season one a membership. And then if not, have to wait until uh, this summertime of summer of 2020 to get signed up for season two, which will drop. Uh, it will start ramping up in September of 2020. And so if you want to get involved and check it out, it is uh, more affordable than you think and more convenient than you thought it could be uh, to find collaborative community that's intentional, uh, both in caring about your ministry and also about you. Uh, to catch up with me, uh, Facebook. I'm, Facebook has become the place where I've friended all of my youth ministry friends, and I'd be happy to friend as many folks that want to talk about youth ministry that way. Uh, you can shoot me a message there, follow me there. Uh, if you want to talk more about life, uh, most of my personal stuff is Instagram. So Zach Workin, Z-A-C-W-O-R-K-U-N, uh, either on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram has a lot of pictures of my boys and photography and life and things, but we can DM and talk about movies or nerd stuff, or we can argue about black coffee. Uh, and then on Facebook, we can talk about youth ministry or wherever, wherever you want to talk. It's great. Um, again, guys, those of you who are listening, I'll put all that information in the show notes for you. And again, if you are, if you are listening and you are not connected to a youth network, I would highly, highly, highly recommend getting connected with youth ministry booster. That is a resource that you will not regret being connected to. Um, again, I'll put information in the show notes for y'all. And again, Zach, I just want to thank you for taking your time uh, to come on the podcast today. Man, Ryan, thank you. Thank you for what you do. And for everybody listening, again, Youth Industry Podcast is a great place to get connected with great ideas to spark your imagination and your thoughtfulness. And so, Ryan, thanks for what you're doing. And for all of my time in North Carolina, I appreciate you, brother. I am very thankful for what Zach does at Youth Ministry Booster. If you're listening and you're struggling to find a network of youth pastors, you're struggling to find that in your area of networking with other youth leaders, I would highly encourage to get connected with Youth Ministry Booster. I've been connected to it and I haven't been connected to it long, but it has been a blessing to me. Uh, Just this week, I had the opportunity to meet uh, and hang out with uh, youth leaders in my group uh, all over the country, and it was it was great to be to find encouragement there uh, to talk about ministry, talk about struggles that I'm dealing with, and and get encouragement from other uh, other youth leaders and youth pastors, and also at the same time having them uh, pray for me and us praying together as a group. Um, so again, if you're not connected with a network, and you're having a hard time finding that, I would highly encourage get connected with Youth Ministry Booster. Hey guys, next week, we have a great interview next week, and if you don't 
want to miss it. Uh, we're going to be talking to Justin Knowles, and we're going to talk about a topic I think every single one of us in youth ministry struggle with when it comes uh, to our leaders sometimes. So again, stay tuned for next week's episode.